certainly see the last days upon us. That's for sure. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And Brother Jim, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and we'll read 16 through 18. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is what is known, describing as what is known as the rapture, the catching away of the church. Uh, sometimes you, someone may say, well, that person uh, is, is raptured about this or that. They're just, they're, sometimes their feelings are just caught away. Well, one day we are literally going to be caught up to be with the Lord. That is all of those who know him as Savior. And that's what Jesus foretold in John 14. Let's look there, John 14 and verse 1. So this event is called the rapture, the catching away of the saved. And it could happen at any moment. There are no signs for it. All the signs that we see happening in the world are for the tribulation period. So... The rapture happens before that time, so it, it could happen at any moment. Um, John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for who? For you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So where is the Lord? He's, he's back in heaven. He ascended back to heaven. So he's preparing a place for us in heaven. Mansions, the Bible says here. He's preparing. And he's coming back. We're going to meet him in the clouds. We're going to be caught up to meet him in the clouds. That is known as the rapture the catching away of the saved. Now, what are the people on this earth going to think when suddenly Christians are caught up and they're gone? Well, you can already see some things being kicked around. Have you noticed how much they're talking about UFOs now? All kinds of talk. Um, that could be part of the lie. Well, yes, the UFOs came and... And they took all these people. Um, you can just see Satan already preparing lies. And you know, it's just going to, the people that are left, that have never heard the gospel, they're going, or the people that are left and have heard the gospel, they're going to believe the lie of Satan. 
There is so much deception out there right now, so much deception. And with AI, with uh, artificial intelligence, people are starting to make uh, uh, videos that are just totally fake. Uh, but with artificial intelligence, they look so real. And there's so many things um, that are taking place. So how do we become a child of God? How, how do we get included in that group that are caught up to be with the Lord and not left on earth to suffer seven horrible years of tribulation? Well, notice with me in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. We can be in that number that are caught up to be with the Lord. We don't have to be in that number that are left here to suffer. Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by what? By faith in who? Christ Christ Jesus. That's the way we become a child of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. Well, where do we get faith? Well, notice in Romans chapter 10. Where can a person find faith? How do you get it? Is it some pill you take? We were looking for some certain herb. I think it was yesterday. And uh, we went to one store and they didn't have it. So we found it at the health store. They had it. But where can a person find faith? Romans 10, 17. So then what? Faith. Cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. So we get faith. We find faith in the word of God. As we read the word of God, that's what stirs up faith in our hearts and tells us about Jesus. And notice the same chapter, verse 9. Well, actually, let's start in verse 8. Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of what? Faith, Faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe where? In thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. Saved. There's the word. Thou shalt be saved. For with what? The heart Man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. You know, there's so much talk today about racism. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto who? All that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be saved. That's how we become a child of God. That's how we get prepared for that rapture, the catching away. The Bible. We need to read the Bible. And we need to share it with others so they know how to be saved. Um, How do we know who the first president was. Does anyone know who the first president of the United States was? Somebody said it, George Washington. How do you know that? How many of you have ever met George Washington? No? Then how do you know George Washington was the first president? 
You heard it. In school, you read it. You heard it. You read it. How do, we, how do we know what president it was that freed the slaves? Anyone know who it was? Abraham Lincoln. How do you know that? Is there anyone in here that ever met Abraham Lincoln? No. How do you know it then? You heard that and you read it. There was proof. Well, we've heard and read about Jesus Christ. Notice in John 20, there's all kinds of proof. Um, just look at your calendar. It's based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The year 2024. It's based upon him. Um, in John 20, in verse 24. John 20, 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall what? See in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So he's talking about unless, unless I see the proof of those hands nailed to the cross, and unless I see the proof of that spear that pierced through his side, I won't, I won't believe, verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Do you need that today? That peace? comes from Jesus. Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not what? Faithless, but what? Believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and what? My God, Jesus, his God Almighty in the flesh. Verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have what? Not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have what? Life through his name. It's life through his name, not life through our good works, but it's life through his name, believing that he died and was buried and rose again from the grave the third day, all to pay the penalty of our sin. So that's the rapture. Number two, the judgment seat of Christ. We began to look at this last week, the judgment seat of Christ. So the next thing on the calendar, you may say, well, it's, it's a doctor's appointment or it's, it's to get the car worked on or this or that. Well, the next thing on the spiritual calendar is the rapture, and we do not know what day it is. It could happen at any moment. And immediately following that will be the judgment seat of Christ. We will appear before God. Notice in 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. What is going to happen when we appear before the Lord? Well, the Bible tells us here, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. Verse 8 says we are what? 
confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be what? Absent from the body and to be what? Present with the Lord. So there is no soul sleep. Some religions teach that when a person dies, they, they stay in the ground until the resurrection day. No. To be absent from the body, verse 8, is to be present with the Lord. When we close our eyes here, and we're going to open our eyes with being with the Lord. Well, how should we so live, seeing that could happen at any moment? Verse 9, wherefore we what? We labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Now, this is not to determine whether a person is saved or lost. This is to determine the rewards for a Christian. That's the, the issue we're facing right here. Notice in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4. So John is caught up to heaven and he sees one on a throne. In Revelation 4 and verse 1. After this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said what? Come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, what? A throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and that one is Jesus Christ. Um, verse 3, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. Verse 4, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads, what? Crowns of gold. These, these have been rewarded. That's what the judgment seat of Christ is talking about, is for rewards or loss of rewards. And we saw last week just how important it is that we have hearts to serve God now. Now that he's saved us, we need hearts that, are, that anticipate and willingly serve him, the one who has saved us. Um, notice with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So this describes, and we saw last week, what the judgment seat is going to be like. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That is the foundation. That is the only reason that we will go to heaven, is if we have the foundation, Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. Remember, the wages of sin is what? Death. That is why Jesus died on the cross, to pay the wages of our sin. And so that's the foundation. Verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by what? Fire. It's not us facing the fire in that day. 
It's our works. All that we have done will face the fire. We're talking about saved people now here. Uh, verse 14. Uh, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive what? A reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So this is not, this is not talking about people losing their salvation. There's no, such, there's no such thing. There's no way to lose our salvation. Either we are saved in the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity, or we've had a vain, uh, with our mouths, said something we didn't really believe. So... Our motives for everything we do are so important. Why do we do what we do? Our words are important. Notice in Matthew 12, it's, we, we need to be so careful. In this, in this day and age, it's, uh, the talk is getting more and more and more vile. Matthew 12, verse 36. Matthew 12, 36. The Bible says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall what? Give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, or and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So what have we said? What do we say? We need to be so careful because at the judgment seat of Christ, our words are going to be judged. Not for salvation or loss of salvation, but for rewards. How did we thus talk? Our motives are so important. Notice in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, we talked about this matter of motives. Matthew 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have what? Their reward. What is their reward? The glory of men. Well, that's pretty short-lived, isn't it? You know, applause dies out really quick, doesn't it? But the reward of God is forever. So why do we do? Why do we pray? Verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be what? Seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have what? The reward. Their reward is to be seen of men. Well, that's their reward then. No reward in heaven then. Our ambition... And our thinking of others is going to be so important one day. Notice in Matthew 22, Matthew 22 and verse 36. When we stand before God one day and everything we've done on earth is brought up before him, are we going to receive rewards for those things? Or are we going to see all those rewards just go up in smoke? Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. 
Thou shalt love who? Thy neighbor. Thy neighbor as what? Thyself. There was a young lady one day who was faced with a decision. A decision that would show what was really in her heart. And the thing is, is the whole thing was a test. The whole thing was a setup, but she didn't know it was a setup to test her. And so unknowingly, she faces. What would happen? Let's go to Genesis 24. Genesis 24. What would happen to this young lady? A test of her true heart and character. It was all a setup. She had no idea that she was being tested, just like we don't throughout the week. Genesis 24, 17. And a servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. Now, while this man asked her for a drink of water, and she said, Sure, have a drink. And while he's drinking from her pitcher, she's obviously looking at the situation over. Here's a man with several animals. Uh, he has some servants with him too. And she's surveying the scene thinking, okay, this guy is thirsty. He's asked me for a drink. But what about all of his animals that are with him? If he doesn't have anything to draw water for himself, then he also does not have anything to draw water for his animals. Now, what might she have thought? Well, she may have thought, typical man, just take off, um, just take off and doesn't think about food, what he's going to drink. He just takes off and doesn't even think. Well, the Bible doesn't say she thought that, but people may think that sometimes. Um, she could have thought this. She could have thought, well, I'll give him a drink, but you know what? He's in a mess here of his own doing. So I'll let him borrow my pitcher, but he can draw his own water for his own animals. No, she didn't do that either. She could have thought a lot of things, but the real test here was for her, and she didn't even know it. Well, what was the test about? Let's go back to verse 1. Genesis 24, 1. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son, of Isaac, uh, my son Isaac. And a servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, 
and from the land of my kindred, and which speak unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. So Abraham charges his servant with going back to his home country to find a wife for his son Isaac. So what did the servant do? Verse 10. And the servant took what? Ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. This would be the test for the young lady. Watering ten camels. For all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water. And the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. She didn't know this was all a test. The test was this. I'm going to ask for a drink of water. And the young lady that is willing to not only give me to drink, but that offers to water all my camels. Lord, let that be the right one for a wife, for my, for my master's son, Isaac. So <clears throat> this was a test. She didn't even realize it. As she's giving this man a drink, that was the first test. Would she share the water with him? The second test, would she be willing to water all of those camels? Would she show forth that virtuousness, that ambition? Um, would she do it? It was a test. She didn't realize it, but, but she offers to do it. And so she received a reward for that. She did it from her own heart. He didn't beg her to do it. He didn't even ask her to, to water the camels. He wanted her to just offer, and she did. It was a test. I just wonder through the weeks and the days, I wonder how many tests God brings along to us. Remember the second command was to love our neighbor as ourselves. How many tests does God bring along to us that we will love others as ourselves? And we don't even realize it. You may say, well, some of you here would say, well, I don't need a husband or a wife. I already have one. Uh, but we're, I'm talking about, we're talking about eternal rewards. These tests that come along are a test for us. This young lady was rewarded not only uh, with great gifts, which she was, notice in verse 51. She was rewarded with, with great gifts, bless a husband, verse 51. 
Behold, Rebekah is before thee, take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth what? Jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and gave them what? To Rebekah. She had no idea this was a test. But because of her willing to love someone else as herself, she is lavished with all of these uh, jewels of silver and gold, plus um, she's given to Abraham's son Isaac, uh, to, to him to be her husband, her to be his bride. Look at verse 58. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, What? I will go. I wonder as we answer to the Lord, if he brings a test along to us, will we think of others more than our own convenience? Will we think of others? We have no clue the reward. Remember we saw last week about the rewards awaiting us? 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it's just more than than we can imagine, more than we can imagine. And it depends upon how we respond to those tests. Just like this young lady, in her, in her life, this was a test, um, and, and she passed the test, and she was lavished with great rewards and a husband in this, in this case. Um, the question for us in this week to come are we ambitious for the Lord? Are we looking for opportunities to be a servant? Do we have a servant's heart? Or do we just expect everyone else to serve us? So much rest. Now, we're not talking about salvation at this point. Remember, salvation only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But once we are saved, there, we, we all then will face the judgment seat of Christ one day. And the rewards at that judgment seat are going to depend upon how ambitious we are and how much we have a heart to serve God. And a heart to serve God will be a heart to serve others. If you read Matthew 25 this afternoon, you're going to find out when we serve others for Jesus' sake, we are serving him and will be rewarded. Um, let's close on Colossians chapter 3. So, how are we faring on our test? Colossians 3. When is the Lord coming back? Anytime. Anytime. Um, when do you have final exams? End of the term, end of a semester. That's final exams. You just said the Lord could come back at any time. So we have no clue but what today or this week might be our final exams. These, this, what happens this week might be our final test because the Lord could come back. How will we fear? 
Well, Colossians 3.23. It says, and what? Whatsoever ye do, do it what? Heartily. Heartily. What does that mean? To do something heartily. Well, it doesn't mean do it lazily or reluctantly. Heartily means you put your heart into it. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to who? The Lord and not unto men. You see, all these tests and many times it involves people, serving people, all of these tests are really for the Lord. Um, Remember the servant was just giving a test to Rebecca. Um, Not for his own benefit. It was for her reward in her life. And so these, we are to serve as to the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of who? Of the Lord ye shall receive what? The reward of the inheritance. For ye serve who? The Lord Christ. So when you think about it, you may say, well, is this person worthy? of my labor, worthy of my sacrifice. Well, we are not serving. We're not doing it to serve that person. We are doing it what? To serve the Lord. It's a a test, a test for us. So as we think about what is ahead, I pray that God would help us this week not to murmur, not to complain, but when there is an opportunity of service, May we think this could be my final test. I don't know. The Lord comes back this week. These will be our final exams this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Father, if there should be any here today who have never from their heart received you as Savior, I pray today they would cry out to you in repentance, Lord, I turn from my sin to you. I ask you to save me and to cleanse me, to forgive me of all my sin. And I ask you, Lord, to help me with a pure heart to serve you, to serve you heartily, to put all my heart and my ambition into it. And I pray you'd help us, Lord, those who are assembled here who are Christians, who have, who have by faith received Christ as Savior. I pray that you would help us. For this young lady, Rebecca, it would have been so easy to think, what is wrong with this guy traveling all this way and he doesn't have any vessel to get water? Father, I pray that you would give us a heart, give us wisdom to know that these are tests of our character. Thank you for the wonderful rewards you have prepared for those who love you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.